0: I just finished planting tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants out in the garden yesterday. And boy, does it feel good to have that done.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of April the 20th. Uh, The title of it today is, Do We Need 80 Tomato Plants? And I guess I need to confess at the outset, we're not sure about that number. It's just in that ballpark.
0: (laughs) There are a lot of tomato plants out on Veg Hill right now (laughs) in the ground.
1: And that's not all. We have even more tomatoes that we have start, started from seed that are still out on the deck mm-hmm. in um, little pots.
0: In little pots. I'm planning to step those up, and we'll see how well they do. But we have some that we might contribute to the Master Gardener plant sale if they're looking good enough by then.
1: And others we'll a... just give away to friends.
0: Yeah, and some, if they, if they uh, do okay and, and we need to save them here, we can try planting them with our fall tomato planting
1: which means we would be planting them in July or yes, so. Yes, July. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so how in the world did we end up with so many tomatoes? <laughs> do we just love tomatoes? We do that actually.
0: Much? Yes, and a lot of them are Cherokee Purple, which are my favorite heirloom tomato. Um well, last year we had a terrible uh, I think we've called it an anemic harvest partly because the seed starting wasn't all that successful and even the tomatoes that did you know we i i planted some that i had purchased just in transplant form um we got smitten by the tomato hornworm and much of our uh, crop was eaten. And they but,
1: were not in particularly good soil. No. And they didn't get particularly good water at the beginning at of the season. At the beginning,
0: season. that's right. We didn't have the drip lines in. And we've, we've been through that on several podcasts, kind of looking at what we did wrong for the whole garden last summer. But the tomatoes were partly victims of that.
1: Well, the tomatoes were more victims than other things. I mean, we'd had a great melon harvest. We had a great okra harvest. We had a great squash and zucchini harvest. Tomatoes are
0: are harder to grow, though. But
1: the tomatoes really took it on the chin last year. (laughs) So I think a portion of how you got so out of control this year (laughs) is that uh, we were frustrated last year. We yeah. wanted to see more tomatoes and didn't. Yeah. And you talk about how much you love Cherokee Purple and they're your favorite heirloom tomato. I mean, maybe I've munched so much as two ounces of of um, Cherokee Purple tomato flesh. I mean, we really, if if it's our to, if our if it's our favorite, it better start producing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you re- might remember last summer. Ours never got very large, but I went to Petals from the past and purchased an organically grown full size Cherokee purple tomato. Slice that baby up, and that was the best tasting tomato I've ever had. Sure. So if, if we can I figure hope.
1: out how to grow them and if we can do so successfully and with genuine production, you know, as opposed yeah. to one tomato for the season. And yeah that's true and I'll I'll, be, I'll become an advocate as well. Right now I am skeptical.
0: And I should probably mention that last Friday I went to the Auburn plant sale which this is the second year in a row that we've purchased some plants from there and and overall I've been very pleased with them. They actually for the first time were selling Cherokee purple Transplants that I mean, I've never seen those in through a Bonnie plant or whatever. I'm not sure it was Bonnie plants, but you know, I've I never seen those. In Alabama.
1: And even though we had many, many Cherokee purple tomatoes here ready I've to plant, bought some. you bought more plants.
0: I just wanted to see how they did, how they functioned. And go actually, figure. some of them were not looking very good yesterday. I need to go out to Veg Hill and check today oh, okay. because even though they were much larger plants than what I planted they were wilty and not not happy looking so i'm keeping an eye on those and i may be doing some tomato replacement out there um
1: or some severe pruning
0: severe pruning right whatever needs to be done but um you know I, and i bought some more sweet 100s because we didn't have a lot of those i had not i had not planted very many in the cherry tomato family so um we have like a probably 11 um uh, Uh, Out of all those tomatoes, probably 11 plants are cherry tomato.
1: And another reason I think that we have so many tomatoes is that we got much better performance this year from starting seed.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. The peppers and the tomatoes, which were the only plants that we started from seed, did well. We think we've got the formula down now. We're actually going to start some new seeds for our fall garden as early as uh, May is as as putting the seed mats out and getting mm-hmm. them started. So um, I have a lot more confidence about making that work now that we have uh, the seed mat, the grow lights. Uh, we have the soil block um, mold former, you know, that we got from Johnny Seed and um, some nice soil or soilless soil, you know, right. the start starting mix. So um, I'm going to be in favor of trying even more, starting from seed different different why
1: am i not surprised yeah
0: (laughs) you say that as if you're uh not happy with it (laughs) oh i'm just
1: i'm a little overwhelmed right now with all these tomatoes and you know i'm hopeful that we have more tomatoes than we know what to do with if we don't have more tomatoes than we know what to do with then i will be wondering what in the world is wrong with us i know because we should be able to do this all right well well Let's assume that we learn from this all that we hope to learn. What will we know at the end of this season that we don't know now?
0: Well, I do think I learned that I put too many seed of the same variety in a seed tray because I actually bought two two packets of Cherokee Purple from d- two different companies to see which one did better. And as far as I could tell, they germinated at the same rate, so not a problem. So I don't think I will do quite as much of the same. I, I And I think I mentioned this before, the celebrity seeds did not do well, and I was able to purchase some celebrity um, transplants. transplants at the Auburn plant sale and put those out. So I think one thing I've learned is I'm not going to waste my time starting celebrity tomatoes from seed. If we like those, I'll just buy the transplants because you can find them around here. Um, so I think one thing that we keep in mind is just to be more modest in the seeds that we start or... You know, if I'm if I'm planting extra seeds s- seedlings in the trays or seeds in the seedling trays, just to ensure I get some germination, then maybe the smaller plants I don't try to just save every little plant. I just s- cut to the chase and say, okay, we're going to have 15 tomatoes or whatever number, and not get so go so overboard as I did this okay. year. But I can't. Once they grow up, I can't stand to just throw them away.
1: Of course not. <laughs> Now, let's talk about what else you're planting out there when you do plant the tomatoes, because it's not just the tomatoes in isolation.
0: Well, I did some companion planting this year with marigolds, heavy saturation of marigolds, and a good bit of basil. We're trying everything we can to provide natural um, protection, organic protection, against predators like tomato hornworms and other other pests that might want to invade the tomatoes. So that's, those are two that we know are supposed to be helpful. They they won't necessarily, you know, combat every disease or pest or anything like that, but at least it's helpful to have those out there.
1: And are you compa- uh, doing companion planting with the peppers and eggplant as well, or just the tomatoes? Just
0: the tomatoes. Um, I hope that doesn't prove to be a mistake. No, I just planted the tomatoes, uh, the peppers and the eggplant in a row and um,
1: but you are keeping all the nightshades on one row.
0: They're all on one row. And we had talked about that earlier before this this planting season. For ease of rotation, we'll know, okay, that row had all the nightshades, and we won't plant nightshades again there for at least three years. Yeah. So.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. We are preparing the soil differently. Yes. If you remember, last year's tomatoes were planted right into the hard-packed topsoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, You dug a little bit out for them, but that was basically it.
0: Yeah, that was basically it. And I think by the end of the planting season, I was digging some out and putting a little bit of topsoil in with it. But now we are planting all of it in the compost that we
1: have generated.
0: generated. So
1: what we're doing is before you plant your nightshades, I'm going before you and uh, basically... Planting with the wheelbarrow piles of uh, the compost that you then smooth out and you plant right in that on top of the topsoil. Yes. It's not like they're growing in nothing but compost, but the compost is on top of the topsoil. Right. And um, we certainly hope that that will give them a little more advantage yeah. in them, by way of nutrients and oh. by way of loose, fluffy soil yeah. in which to grow. Yeah, that's so.
0: nice. It's very nice. And we uh, have also ordered some topsoil from a local vendor, and that has not been delivered yet, but we hope we'll be uh, supplementing our planting with that as well.
1: And one other thing I think we're doing differently, I don't, I'm trying to remember whether last year we had already figured out how deeply we need to plant tomatoes. I'm not sure we had.
0: I planted them, I did the old-fashioned, I did plant them deep, probably not deep enough, and I dug a deep hole. This year we had gone to that tomato workshop, and Danny Carroll, who's our tomato guru in Alabama um, said, no need to dig a deep, deep hole, just, and, and I've read this other places too, lay lay the tomato on its side and snip off a lot of the lower leaves. Uh, for sure, the cotyledon, cotyledon leaves and then um, the, you know, those little Initial leaves that come out, yeah, and then really the lower leaves.
1: leaves you can go ahead and yeah, snip off. We snipped and off,
0: and then roots will form all along that. You bury all that stem,
1: so you're basically laying the plant down in the hole, mm-hmm. covering, um, say, half the plant with soil, yeah, and then leaving a the portion stem. above the soil that you bend up.
0: To. Yeah, you bend up, and then it, you know, even if it's a little bit slanted at first. They, it quickly grows. Funny how they the, figure
1: out which yeah, way is up, isn't it? They
0: really do. The, the leaves are already... And even though it looks... It's funny because you came out and said, where are all those plants that... Because I had already stepped some of them up. Uh-huh. Where are all those Cherokee purples you started? Because they looked like just tiny little things. I said, well, by the time you bury that stem, they look so big in the trays, but they weren't that big. They were just little leaves sticking up. But... Most of those look really good, even though they're tiny. Yes, they do. They're they growing.
1: Have, uh, it, we are learning the wisdom of planting tiny plants. Yes. The, uh, planting, uh, planting something that's tiny, as long as it's big enough to mulch, um, seems to, to not be a problem at all.
0: And, and I should say, while we're talking about that, last year I started some peppers from seeds and uh, lost all of them to cutworms. So this year, and and probably some other pests that came along later, this year to give them a good start, they were t- they have tiny little thin stems, the ones that I put out that we started from seed. I'm trying something new, and we'll let you know how it goes. I there's some uh, a small size um, paper, although there is sort of a waxy interior to it. Um, hot and cold cup, like you know that you buy at Costco. I couldn't tell you how many inches across, maybe three inches across, mm-hmm. and maybe four inches uh, tall. Those, I had a, a large supply of those cups. And what I did was I took the um, soil took the block, Bottom out. Yeah, bottom out. I took the, the bottom inch off. So I had a total of three inches. And I used those basically as cutworm collars. <laughs> I stuck the little uh, seedling, which, as I mentioned, was very small still because we had the smallest size soil block, and I had not stepped those up into a larger one. So they fit within those little cups.
1: And we're hopeful that they will do well. Cutworms have been a huge problem. They were last year yeah. for us a for, devastating problem. For the
0: small, especially the small, delicate um, seedlings that you put out. Once so they get a nice big a stem on them, they seem to be better. But um, So, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know how that, because the only concern I have is, whether or not the roots, since they can't really go outside the cup until, I think that cup will eventually dis- disintegrate, but they're going to have to grow down. You know, they have to get most of their nutrients by going down through the bottom of the cup. Um, it's possible that once they start growing and they seem to be large enough to withstand cutworms, I can clip the collar off or something. We'll see.
1: And that and the collar may rot by then. We'll, yeah. We just don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about trellising. That's my department. Yes, um, I've
0: appreciated your help with that.
1: We're taking the same approach to trellising this year that we did last. The only difference being that at my request, you have planted the nightshades all on one row and specifically the tomatoes all in one row so I can have one long mother trellis run rather yeah. than a trellis set here and a trellis set there, mm-hmm. which is what we ended up with last yeah. year. So I will have, even though we are out of control with tomatoes, I will have um, one long trellis run. It'll be, it'll run about 80 feet by the time Mm -hmm. we get it done. But basically what we'll do is put up T-posts, attach um, either a one and a half inch or two inch PVC pipe to them, and then lash three quarter inch PVC pipe leaning against that lateral. And uh, then we'll tie the tomato plants to the three-quarter-inch yeah. PVC pipes. And that's, like I say, that's my bailiwick. You, For some reason, I've ended up being the trellis guy. Yeah,
0: and I, like I said, I appreciate that. You put up some trellis, too, while we we're talking about that for my English peas. And we plan to the row where the English peas are planted now, trellis all the way down uh, a good bit of that row so that I can plant... Um, Purple hull peas a little bit later. And and beans. And beans, yeah.
1: Now, the trellis there is a little different animal. It's a little easier to set up. All it involves is a couple of T-posts with some hog wire strung Mm -hmm. between them. Yeah. I don't have to do a lot of lashing. All I do is basically hook one end of the hog wire onto one T-post and hook the other end onto the other end and uh, other end onto the other T-post. And the hog wire stands up on its own. And bless their little pea-picking hearts, the peas find the trellis, unlike the tomatoes. Yeah. And as soon as they find out where it is, they grab onto it yeah. and they'll use it. So we certainly hope so. Trellising the peas is considerably simpler.
0: And your trellising duties will not be finished because we have lima beans that will need to be trellised, pole beans. And, and we this
1: have- year we're hoping to trellis cucumbers and, and sweet, sweet potatoes. potatoes. Yes,
0: so that, there's that much more. Uh, trellising that'll be put out there so we do hope that it won't you won't get too worn down (laughs) with having to do that Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what happens I'm being optimistic now uh, later this summer when we begin to have tomatoes fruiting on the vine but that midsummer heat Alabama heat just comes. Uh, the sun and comes it comes barreling roaring in. in. Tomatoes
1: yeah. are semi-tropical plants, and you would think they would be be heat loving the way okra is. But at least the ones we've grown so far are not. They tend, yeah. uh, at the very best, they shut down, and in the heat of the summer, and you know, for us last year, they just looked terrible during the heat of the summer, and it seemed like nobody but the hornworms had any life to them.
0: Yeah. And the hornworms were eating more or less the the plant itself more so than the...
1: Yeah, they were not eating the tomatoes as much as they were eating the leaves and the stems, the, the little delicate stems. So disheartening to go oh. out there and see those stubs of stems Th- sticking it, that's up. That's all it
0: left were stubs. That's right. But the year before that, our first garden, we actually had some tomatoes. We did. and they split in the yes. hot sun.
1: So this year, our hope is to, and we don't yet have this in hand, but so we need to order it in the next few days. But we're going to get some shade cloth yes. that we can deploy over the tomatoes come July or so, when that midsummer heat just gets so brutal. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Well, before we run out of time, I just want to mention a couple of or three different kinds of plants that we had planted earlier in the season. In fact, uh, some of them are actually plants from last year that are beginning to produce. We are actually harvesting and eating strawberries every single day. Every my day.
1: Garden. Uh, that every strawberries morning, looking great.
0: I have those on my cereal. And we can see that blackberries and blueberries are both forming on again some plants that we had from last year right so, and we
1: don't know exactly when they will be mature and mm-hmm. ready to harvest so we will just uh, sort of keep an eye on that and look out for it uh, as we've already discussed our hope is that the strawberries and the blueberries and blackberries will overlap so that there will one will seamlessly flow into the yes. other
0: so that we always have a nice supply of fruit. Yeah. that's that our goal nice? <laughs>
1: But, well, I guess that's about all the time we have today. Yeah, it's gone I hope, by fast. Hope you have a good week, and we will look forward to next week's visit with you here at Longleaf Breeze.
0: You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780 Callisey, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.